Hello, and welcome to another DBSA podcast. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books, and with me is Jane Litt from DearAuthor.com. Yay! We are back together. Well, not literally together. Sort of through the power of Skype, we're together. Only this time we actually had video cameras turned on, so, you know, Jane looks all professional, and her house is all decorated, and I'm in my attic. So you'll hear her talking about how very strange contraptions live with me in my attic. This week we're talking about serial fiction, which are the books that are published bit by bit. There's a couple of them, and we talk about whether or not that works for us and why we think that seems to be a trend right now. We also talk about the things that Jane has discovered, particularly a remarkably odd fetish among romance novels, and we also talk about books that we're currently reading. Now, since we recorded this, those books have been reviewed and discussed on each of our sites, But since it's what we were reading at the time, I included it because it's always interesting to see how what we're talking about ends up in our reviews. At least it's interesting for me. I hope it's interesting for you. We also have a message from our sponsor, Harlequin. If you're looking for your next favorite author or you're looking for contemporary romances that are authentic, funny, and undeniably attractive, you can visit harlequin.com slash love you can believe in and find some new books to read. The music you're hearing is provided by Sassy Outwater, and I'll have information at the end of the podcast about who this is and what they're doing. And now, on with the podcast and the most interesting opening line of a podcast we've yet recorded. Speaking of tampon, so I'm reading, and and you're free to put this on the podcast. So I'm reading... um, R.L. Matthewson, who is an author, I think Haas book from Book Pushers originally recommended her to me, right? but I hadn't read her. And then I saw that her book had made it up to the New York Times and I went to buy it and I had already bought it. So I read it. <laughs> Don't you and love that? It's, wow, my past prose, self was really the, smart. <laughs> the prose is really rough and it definitely needs a copy editor, but I thought that the tone was really fun. And I had actually even recommended it to you. Yes, I think you. I think I bought it. I haven't read it yet, but I bought it. So it's ninety nine cents, and um, the right. And the author has said on her website she's going to raise her prices soon. So I actually went and bought then all seven of her books at ninety nine cents. Oh, I mean dear. that's kind of a no brainer. Uh, so I started reading. She has a paranormal series called Pite, P Y T E. And in the book, in like the third chapter, I mean, this could be a rom fail book. The um, vampire is so turned on by the virgin blood of the woman. This is a contemporary um, that uh, he thinks about um, what will happen when she's menstruating. They share a bathroom and that he is going to have to he'll be so tempted by her blood that he is going to suck the blood out of her menstrual pads Ew, gross oh god it's like my dog Ugh. So now in comparison to the tampon scene that's pretty I mean, that that seems light now Ugh. and plus remember there was that um fantasy book that i read about the moon's blood that the contraceptive for the didn't, yes it takes her all friggin' week to get her moon's blood and make sure it's pure and all that crap Right, and then she sells it in concoctions for contraceptives to other people in her community. I really think that you have now stumbled upon period fetish porn. <laughs> you've all you. This is like the third book that you've been like, all right, and then she's menstruating. You've got 
you've you've got an unerring ability to find the the period fetish porn. Well, in in um, defense of the vampire, he admitted he was kind of grossed out by it. But good. (laughs) But then later on, um, he is sucking the blood out of a, a tissue that she used to wipe a cut. Dude, you know, he can smell that she's a virgin, but her blood smells different as virgin blood. Like what happens to a woman when she starts when she has sex that her blood composition changes? Wasn't there a Loretta Chase where the hero could sense her innocence? No, 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 that was, no, well, maybe there was, but I would think you may be thinking of the Lisa Valdez book where he could smell the person. Yes. he, he he could smell that she was a submissive. There's a lot to be said for figuring out the 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 reasons and the and the subtext of all of these physical changes brought about by women having sex. Like I'm presuming when guys lose their virginity, they smell just the same. But women, we are in some way compromised in a way that can be recognized through scent. Well, here is always the problem. If you're really attracted to a virgin, what happens to her when she's not a virgin anymore? Yeah, exactly. If her innocence is the turn on and you take that away, you've, you know, you, you, well, I think there's a number of crude euphemisms I could use there, but he's, well, he's not going to have virgin anymore. Right. So maybe in the next podcast, I'll be able to tell you what happens in the rest of the book. Yes. Coming up in a future episode, period fetish porn with Jane. You can read it and talk about chickens. <laughs> I, I do think that her contemporary series is much better and not as crazy. That's good. So you wanted to talk about serial romance fiction, like the Beth Carey series of eight books that started while we were at RWA. Well, I was at RWA. Apparently, it's selling pretty well. Like the first book and the second book, I don't even know what do we call them? Entries, sections, chapters. Uh, there's a word. I think it begins with S. Entries, I guess. There's there's a word. I know I'm going to come up with it. Like three in the morning, I'll call you. But yeah, there's sections, entries, whatever. Call them whatever you want. So part one is released. I don't think part two is yet. I don't know. Part but- one came out on July 31st. And part two comes out today, August 7th. And then the next one is August 14, August 21, August 28, September 4th. And September 11th is the, oh, it's September 18th. So there's eight of them total. Right. And and they're selling really well because if you look at the first two, they're in the top 200 of the Kindle bestseller list, I think. And I don't have it in front of me. Sarah Fox. She is the one that I noticed first. She has a serial. She's got four parts released. The first one is 99 cents, and the last one is 99 cents, but the two in the middle are $2.99, and they're very, very short. Um, The fourth entry is much longer, but I think the first entry can't be more than 5,000 words. Uh, I, I don't get it. Okay, first of all, her author page on Amazon... You have to pull it. Wow. Her her author page on Amazon has a head. It's a headshot, but it's her neck to her sternum in a leather jacket with bare cleavage. But it kind of looks like a butt. A butt? It kind of looks like a butt. 
like she's facing away from you and there's a jacket closed over her butt. Yeah. So this is the collateral damage, anything he wants series. Yes. Because there's the first one is 99 and the rest, the other three are 299, but they all seem to have a good number of stars. They're all over three stars. And number four has four and a half stars. Yeah. They, um, they're on two of them were on the bestseller list. Two, two of them were on the Kindle bestseller list. Yeah. I don't, is that me? See, here's what I don't get about serialized fiction. If this works for other readers, awesome. But that's that's not how I read. If I buy two chapters on a Tuesday, I'm going to read those chapters within an hour, within a half hour. You know, I'm a pretty fast reader, and I'm not going to want to wait a week for the rest. So it doesn't appeal to me to buy a little piece of a story once a week. Well, I seriously, is that me? I don't know what I'm doing. So I have read the Sarah Fox, and I've also read the Deborah Hawks. I don't know if they've rhymed them intentionally. Um, Deborah Hawks is a billionaire series, also priced fairly high, also very short um, entries. And here's ultimately the problem that I foresee. There's obviously the cost, because if you're... If you are paying for, for example, Sarah Fox's series, right. you're going to end up paying like 40 to $60 for a novel-length book or $16 for like a novella. So it's a lot of money right. for um, a story. And for in both her and this Deborah Hawks's case, you don't know if they can actually write a complete story. Because all they're writing are entries, and and Sarah Fox seems to be writing as she goes. Like she doesn't have a completed story that she's chopped up. Right. She's writing as she goes. So I think she's working on part five right now. So she's actually following the Charles Dickens model of, oh yeah, I got to write another chapter. Hang on just a minute. And then they they all are very sex heavy. So I can't even imagine reading a novel that has sex in every chapter because that's all it is. It's really about the. There's very little character development, if any. Episodes and, of Nookie. So, I mean, uh, for sh- I, I thought of the two. Sarah Fox was better than the Deborah Hawks story. Right. Deborah Hawks is, is much more, in my mind, um, the, the sex got so repetitive that by the, the fourth entry, I was totally skimming. And I and um, wasn't even interested in the fifth section, and I didn't even pay for these. Someone had lent them to me. Oh boy! But it is. you know, for other readers, it's clearly working, and it's very—it seems to be very successful for Beth Carey. Uh, John Scalzi is going to be doing it for a tour, so I, I see that serialization. I don't know that it's going to become the norm, but it's definitely going to become a model that takes place um, for digital books. I know it doesn't appeal to me as a reader, but I'm not going to be like, no one should do this. It sucks. Don't do that. I No. But it, it doesn't appeal to me as a reader for a couple of reasons. One, like I said, if I bought a chapter, I would want to read the rest of it right then. I like to buy – I like to read a whole book when I sit down to read. I like to read the whole thing. I don't want pieces that I have to buy or remember to buy once a week. With the Beth Carey example, each one's two ninety nine, and there's eight of them. So by the end of the book, you're going to have spent – depending on tax and where you are, 16 to $20. That's roughly trade price, a little bit more than trade. 
it's sort of like a, a sweet area between trade and hard hardcover prices. I don't know that I would want to spend $16 on a story that I'm going to read in pieces. And I wonder if it's like when you start when you find a TV show that you want to watch and you watch all the first episodes and then you catch up or you save them all for a season and then watch them in the summer. I know my husband does that. He saves a bunch of series that I don't like and then watches them when I travel all in a row. So he'll watch a whole season of How I Met Your Mother and nobody knows how this guy met the mother, but he's still watching the whole season in like a week. I wonder if if it's if, if anyone's going to do that, if they're going to put the whole thing together as a book and, and discount the price. The, the thing that makes me wonder is, I haven't read any of these, so I'm totally talking out my ass here, but looking at the descriptions of the Beth Carey series, it seems that each book follows a really emotionally and sexually intense encounter between the two characters, and it takes place over some passage of time. So there's not this sort of effort to come up with a reason for them to be constantly on, constantly in each other's environments for the course of the story. The the fact that it's a serial makes it a little bit easier to break up their encounters over time. So if they they are apart for three months, then that can be a break between the two the two chapters. Like I said, I haven't read it. I also think it's amazing if you look at the Beth Carey books, how all types of Fifty Shade imagery there are. It's all very three color Fifty Shades-esque cover imagery. Have you noticed them? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's done deliberately. Too. Oh, it absolutely is. It's, it, I'm sort of like, when are we going to run out of opulent rich guy stuff to take pictures of? <laughs> well, clearly, as long as it's a successful marketing technique, never. No. Every um, time I go to the bookstore, I see more of it. I'm telling you, those garters that hold up men's socks, those are the next hot thing on covers. Yeah. Um, Andrew Schaefer will write it. Um, you know, Matt, um, gay fic gay romance is doing the serials too. I know that really? books did it very successfully with a Jin Hill series called the rifter. It was reviewed by Sunita. And I think Janine on dear author to a uh, very high acclaim. Hmm. So, and you know, it serials are just really not my thing. They're not but, my thing either. Uh, they are obviously appealing to people and a lot of them. And so I think that it, it will be an experimental model and probably one that will stay. Now, I don't know that every book can function as a serial. And frankly, I think reading a book uh, that has a sex scene in every chapter would be really tiresome. Um, for so the characters maybe, and for the reader. Right. So maybe this is the best way that a story like Sarah Fox or could be told. It's possible. I'm writing down the titles that you're mentioning so I can remember to put them in the entry later. It's possible. I also think that in terms of the construction of the story, the story has to be made up in a way that it can be broken into pieces. There, are, If I were to look at some, some contemporary single title length fiction, I couldn't break those up into serials easily. It's not so simple as to start a chapter and then end the chapter and that's, that's, your, that's, your, that's your slice for this week and then come back later. In some respects, the structure of the story has to accommodate this division into pieces, whether it's six or eight or whatever. When one of the things I, that surprised me about the Carrie series is that it's eight pieces. That's a lot. Well, and, not if you think about if you think a book as you know eighty thousand 
to 100,000 words, each section being 10,000 words. That's not very much. Mm, that's true. In fact, when I was reading the Sarah Foxes, um, I was really disappointed at how short they were. And maybe even 5,000 words is too generous to give to, because uh, I like the one, the first one almost reads like uh, the, um, the amount that you would get in an excerpt on the browse inside the book. Yep. So I, I got to the end and I'm like, that's it. But well, I, you're a very fast reader. You must have read that in about 6.5 seconds. What we yeah. need to do is have you up against Usain Bolt and, and figure out who's, who's going faster, you reading or him running. It, it uh, didn't take me very long to read. <laughs> and, and frankly, now I don't really care what happens to them. So that's, That would definitely happen to me. I would lose interest. If I couldn't find out immediately, it would be hard for me to remember. And I would lose interest. Like, I left you there. You can stay there. I don't have to find out what happens next. But that said, I mean, obviously, a lot of other people are very interested. I wonder from an authorial perspective what the what the reaction is. Like, are a lot of authors going to start serializing stories? Well, my understanding is that indie authors will do... Uh, I shouldn't say this as a generalization. Um, but some indie authors will do anything to um, become successful. In fact, I was told that one... Uh, there's a few authors that keep republishing their book and because that so, drops it into the new right classy great right. idea right so <laughs> which is essentially so, yeah, predicated I, on deceiving the reader doing serials great i'm not sure that i would want that to be the the only thing i saw from when i go, when i go shopping for books you know, it, I'm, I'm not sure if that's the, I'm not sure if that's the only way I want to see books. And I, I don't know. I think if, if a book I really wanted to read was serialized, I would probably be more likely to wait until it was done and know that I could get the whole thing all at once. Sort of like, um, readers who don't like cliffhangers waiting until the sequel comes out before they buy the book. This seems like dividing that up into more cliffhangers. Even if there's not an actual cliffhangers, you're still not getting the whole story. Well, I mean, I was that way with Karen Marie Moaning. I didn't um, catch the fever right away. <laughs> but I knew that, but by the time I started to become interested in it, I knew that all of those books ended with serious um, cliffhangers. And right. I just started buying them. And I kept them until the fifth book came out. That was the final book in the series. And then I sat down to read them. So, yeah, there are definitely people who do that. I haven't done that with all books. I really don't like the cliffhanger and it's like a staple in um, YA paranormals. Like every YA paranormal has to be a trilogy, has to end with a, a cliffhanger. Yes. You can't see me, but I'm nodding my head. I can see you. <laughs> oh, you can see me. We're actually recording this with video. So now Jane can actually see how much I do talk with my hands, even when no one's in the room. And Sarah has this strange apparatus behind her, and I can't even begin to explain all of the hooks and and pulleys and strings <laughs> that are attached to it. And I don't want to speculate for the listener, listening audience, what exactly that apparatus is used for. It's a weight stack that's designed not to take up very much room. All the weights so are said. behind me. See all the weights. But it looks like something I torture people on. It's it's always nice. So it'll be interesting to see how successful serial fiction is 
and whether or not it's something that a lot of people will explore. It, I wonder if it's kind of like novellas, like for a while doing a digital novella between releases was something that happened rarely. And now you see more and more digital novellas that take place in popular worlds. I wonder if this will be something like that, that more people begin to do it. So one publisher who's done serials for a long time, although they haven't charged for them, is Harlequin. Yes, they've done serials. Gosh, I can think of serials going back a number of number of shopping trips that I've done with them. Yeah, they've done serials for a while. For as long as they've had a website, I think they've posted uh, serials. And I don't know how long they are. I'm going to guess they're maybe a thousand word. And um, then they would make the entire book even for free mm-hmm. after it was done. I don't and they know. They do round robins too, where they have different authors write a different chapter or write different scenes. That seems like a that seems like an interesting idea. But they're the the point being that they're free, right? <laughs> it's a different business model. That's obviously they're using that for advertising and marketing purposes. So what are you reading that you like lately? Anything? Well, I've been reading those R.L. Mathewson books. Um, and then I um, unfortunately uh, finished Jillian Stone's A Dangerous Liaison with Detective, I can't remember, Detective Lewis. I mean, that series, her whole concept is so fascinating. Is this Set the, the Fate and Black series? It, it's a sister i mean because fate and black has paranormal elements and um her i think she publishes that with kensington and this other series is published with um simon and schuster pocket yes this is the dangerous liaison with detective lewis and i've really been interested in her books ever since i heard about you well you talked about fate and black at the rt as having very challenging opening scene. I didn't know if that book was for me. Um, also it was like $12 or something. So I wasn't going to pay that. Yep. But, um, I got an arc sent to me of her September release. And I really wanted, I've wanted to read her for a long time because the concept is so fascinating. It's set in, um, late 19th century. The hero is a Scotland Yard detective and the heroine was a a uh, commoner in uh, an industrialist daughter. And the setup is that a number of industrialists are being murdered, including her father in a uh, Fargo-like death, wood chipper. Yep. And uh, <laughs> her life is endangered, and, and he is sent to um, investigate the death and then, I guess, protect her. And unfortunately, the book didn't work for me on any level. Oh, bummer. Which is too bad. I, I, I felt like there was a, I felt a lot of regret because the concept is so interesting. So this is the one that's related to the affair with Mr. Kennedy. Correct. Not with the, with the seduction of Fate and Black. Correct. Because I liked an affair with Mr. Kennedy. I did not enjoy the opening of Fate and Black, the, the one with the paranormal elements. Now I'm all cut up. So maybe you will like the Lewis book. I found, I just found it was very, you know how this, there people complain about the insert tab A into tab B sex scenes. That's yep. how 
emotionless I felt her action scenes were. And this book was nonstop action. In fact, there were so many um, disposable bad guys. Did you ever see the movie Spy Kids 4? Yes, my kids it, love that movie. That's a terrible movie. Isn't it's it? horrible, but they loved it. And the thumb men, they yes. keep coming back and replicating. That's how I felt the bad guys were in this book, that they were just these thumb men and they kept appearing. And the hero is like stupid because, you know, they, they're, they're constantly escaping the thumb men. And then he takes them to his private cottage, um, hoping to protect his uh, the hero in there. And I'm thinking they can find you everywhere else. Why are you bringing them to your private cottage where you have other people you care about? Now you're placing everybody in danger. And of course, the thumb men found them there as of well. Of course. And I kept wondering why she, as this very wealthy heiress, was relying on this one person to protect her. And at about 50% in, she says to him something like, I'm going to go home and hire my own private army because I can afford to do that. And I'm thinking, yeah, why don't you do that? (laughs) Dumbass. I'm sorry you were disappointed. That's always a bummer. I so just I, oh, I just gave up on a book called Audrey's Guide to Witchcraft by Jody German. It's it it's it I was talking about this on Twitter. It is all plot and no character. It is the same sort of character reaction and development over and over and over again with a bunch of things happening. And the the heroine is an older sister. She has one sister and she lives with her mom. And in the beginning of the book, she knows something is wrong with her mom. She knows something is wrong. But, you know, she doesn't leave school. She's convinced something's wrong. But she's like, no, nah, it's just a feeling. But she knows something is wrong. And so you're listening to her argue with herself. And in the rest of the book, she does that a lot, too. She comes home. Her mom is mis- missing. And her mom has sent this, like, 21-year-old cousin who they've never met before who gets out of a van with a snake and a lizard and a I think there's a bird like she gets out of the car with a menagerie of animals and moves in. It's like, hi, I'm here to take care of you. And it turns out that the mother is a witch. The daughter is a witch. Um, She's inherited her mother's power, but nobody knew this until now. And she has a very specific sort of power where she can take someone's fears out of their body and throw them back at them in a way to kill them. And her mother has the same power. But of course the 21 year old witch babysitter doesn't know how to help her with her powers. And her younger sister doesn't show signs of magic except for all of the times that she does. And no one notices except the reader. And it's so repetitive that I was, I found myself reading just to see what would happen next. And I didn't give a flying crap about any of the characters and I, I was thinking, and I said this on Twitter the other night, there has to be a word for that. Like when you, when it's all plot and it's just characters moving around in the plot and you only read to find out what happens, not because you care about any of the people it's happening to. And I really wanted to care about them, but they were so inconsistent. I thought you, you guys are a bunch of plot. You're plot person, plot person, plot person. At one point, people start dying mysteriously, except they miraculously live. Like one character is hit by a bus and then comes back and has no problems, is not injured at all, and walks out of the hospital. Somebody gets shot like 10 times, but they're fine. They walk out of the hospital, and they come out, and they're gorgeous. They're 
powerfully charismatic and the main character can see their auras and of course their auras are dark and evil but no one will believe her that there's something wrong and I'm like yeah you know because it happens all the time that people get hit by a bus and walk away or get shot 10 times and walk out the same hour that happens constantly of course there's nothing wrong and it's like it's like everyone in the book is an idiot is this a YA kind of yeah I think so I believe it may be a YA. It's it's hard for me to tell because it's published by Magic Genie Books. But yeah, one of the reviews says it's perfect for teens who love paranormal witchcraft, romance, and humor. I didn't find it that humorous so much as I found that, it annoying. That reminds me of the authors who were like, I'm number 10 in the, you know, the subcategory of... I when when our first book came out, we were right. number one in literary feminist movements and periods. There I was come. never so proud to be number one in movements and periods. I took like eight screen caps because <laughs> you know it's all about menstrual fetish now. Right. So anything else is? I stopped. I finally stopped reading that, and it's hard. It it's it's almost hard for me to give up on a book because I keep thinking it's gonna get better. It's gonna be good. But no, it did not get any better. Um, so I stopped. I started reading the new Sarah Morgan. Oh, crap. They're in a car on the cover. And this is how Sarah remembers books. Is it the Duke's Apprentice or something like that? Yeah, Duke's something or other. Let me see if I can find it. Defying the Prince. There it is. Defying the Prince. It comes out in September, but because it's August, you can buy it. Because I think Harlequin just likes to fuck with me. Because, you know, all of publishing puts out a book at the end of the month. That's the following month. But when Harlequin puts out a book, it's actually available the previous month. And they're just doing this to screw with me. But it's a September book, so it's available digitally now. But only at the Harlequin site. Only at the Harlequin site. So I have to remember that it's available, but only there. Um, The Defying the Prince is about a sort of a dippy, very emotional pop princess who was on a terrible reality show. You tried to read this or you did read this, right? Can't recall, but I remember the last Morgan I read I didn't like. Well, the this one has a, a, a sort of a pop princess reality star who's this daughter of a famous soccer player who's sort of a thug. And oh, this is in that series, the... Um, the Santini Crown. Yes. Yes. I haven't liked any one of those books in that series so far. <laughs> well... I like the heroine. I like that she is so flawed with the best of intentions. And I like that she sort of wears her emotions so publicly and tells the tells the prince, you're being a dick and you're hurting my feelings. And I need to leave now because you're being an ass and you're you're mean. Screw you. And she leaves the room frequently. She storms out of a lot of rooms in this book. I liked her very much. I like that she sort of wore her emotions publicly but I, I'm so close to the ending that I'm realizing that they're not changing very much in the course of the story. And this is very much plot with characters who don't have to change all that much. So I'm hoping that the next book that I pick up has characters that actually make a journey. And I don't, I don't enjoy it when there's characters that I like who do a bunch of plot and don't change. But I like it even less when there's characters I don't care about who move around in a plot that, that don't change either. So I have to figure out what I'm going to read next. Well, I am currently reading, let me get my little book out, Secrets of a Wedding Night by Valerie Bowman. You have a notebook. It's my goal book. It's your goal book? Yeah, I write down all of my daily goals. 
Wow. Seriously, you guys, so, this is impressive. <laughs> is one of them like, you know, meet, eat, eat dinner, have dessert, work out? No, do have, because I'm, I'm running again, so I have run on it. Nice. Isn't it like six zillion degrees where you are? It, yeah. In fact, um, I'm running with Ned, and um, we get up at five because uh, otherwise it's too hot to run. <laughs> And then I keep thinking, well, I'm going to go back and go to bed. But by the time you're running, you're totally awake. So, Oh, yeah. There's no sleeping after you run. This morning, I uh, was really tired for no reason because I, I went to bed early last night. And um, I said to him, can we just go back to sleep? And he's like, sure. But then I couldn't go back to sleep. So we got up and ran. Oh, that sucks. So you're reading Secrets of a Wedding Night by Valerie Bowman? Yeah. I'm only like 20 pages into it. I'm a little afraid because it's um, a battle of the sexes and uh, the hero has vowed to publicly humiliate the heroine. That's always a good plan. Yeah, so I'm a little leery. I don't blame you. And um, we'll see. I, I, I'm not committed to finishing the book. <laughs> Isn't I it hard sometimes to give yourself permission to give up? Because I just finished, I just forced myself to finish a book I didn't really enjoy. And I don't want to read two of those in a row. I understand. And then if I finish that book, or if I abandon it, the next book I'm going to read is Carla Nigger's Heron's Cove. Ooh. That's actually out this month. I'm reading my arc way far behind. <gasps> Shocking. Dun, dun, dun. Um... I do have a couple recommendations. Oh, yes. Read. I really loved Kira Brady's Hearts of Darkness, and it's a paranormal romance. It's kind of like a modern-day steampunk. It's set in Seattle. There are gates that separate the land of the living and the land of the dead. Right. In Seattle, the gate is broken, so dark spirits, are lingering in the land of the living. And there are so many of them, they, they become race like a spiritual zombies and they seek out humans to, uh, um, to um, occupy until those humans are wasted away and then they move on to the next human. And because the race interfere with electricity. And so in order to compensate for the unreliable electricity, the city uh, and its residents have uh, turned to steam, uh, coal-powered machines. In this book, uh, the heroine uh, co comes from Philadelphia to uh, identify the body of her sister. Right. And then um, she finds out that her sister was pregnant, and she has strange markings on her body. Uh-oh. So she wants to find out what has happened, and she gets caught up with the Kavati and the Jakar. And the Kavati are shapeshifters, mostly birds, like Thunderbird or Eagles or Warrior Birds. Right. And the Jakar, which are of Babylonian descent, dragons. And Heart is the hero. He's a, the Jakar's hound based upon a blood oath he gave 15 years ago. And the Jakar, the, the ruler of the Jakar, 
Norgard has promised his release if he brings the heroine to Norgard along with a necklace that her sister had stolen from him. So that's the basis of the story. I thought that the world building was really tremendous, like um, very interesting use of a mix of Norse, North American, Native American, and Babylonian legend. That's cool. It was very cool. The pre I haven't read the prequel. Uh, the Hearts of Darkness is the first full-length book. Um, the cover is very bland. I, I, it looked like a, a romantic suspense cover almost. That's what I was thinking. I looked at it and I was like, this doesn't look like steampunk. Yeah, I think those are supposed to be gas lanterns, but... <laughs> we got a lot of those in the next town over. I guess that's what they could be. They're not usually that bright. They don't do a lot of lighting, the gas lanterns. I, someone told me that the book sounded like Karen Marie moaning, and maybe that was the look that they were trying to emulate. But I was confused by it. I can understand that. It's not a very evocative cover. No. But it, the book is, I mean, it was one of the freshest paranormal worlds I had read in a long time. Wow. I, I would compare her... Um, innovation to Mel Jean Brooke. I just think it's a really remarkable world she's building and it had a very intense emotional romance as well. So that's, that's cool. My, that's my recommendation for September or August because it's out now. It's out now. Any, what, about, um, what about Riveted by Mel Jean Brooke that comes out next month? Did you like that? Oh my god. In fact, I think you would like it, Sarah. You are not the first person to tell me that. Um, because it has some very, first, I don't think the steampunk is overwhelming in that book. And it's really character driven. Um, Annika is a, is a woman from a small Icelandic village. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to give too much of it away, but I want to tell you what the story is about. Cause I think that if I told you what the story is about, it might intrigue you. Okay. Um, but I don't want to spoil the book either. So if you say it's character driven and you think I'll like it, I will try it. The, the Annika's from the small Icelandic village. It's a hidden village and it's hidden for a very important reason. And uh, she's left the village because her sister was cast out defending her. And so she goes on a voyage to find her sister and bring her back to their small Icelandic village. Right. She signs on as an engineer for uh, an air captain or uh, a ca captain Vashon, who's a woman, her airship. Right. And um, she uh, has all because of where she grew up. Right. She has very different values and attitudes than anyone else that she's met. And so she goes from port to port all over the world, and she, she draws from those different ports things that are, she really loves that are kind of similar to where she, li she lives, but not wholly so. So she's, she's kind of discovering herself as she goes out and abroad, but she hasn't found her sister. So the hero is David. David is a naturalist. He hmm. studies volcanoes. Right. And he is uh, on an expedition to study volcanoes in Iceland. Hmm. But he has a secret agenda. And his agenda is to find his mother's um, uh, origins because when she died, 
she she asked him to take her ruins, a necklace with these ruins on it, right? Carry them with her family. So he knows that her her family's from Iceland, and he plans to traverse every um, foot of Iceland and map it in right. hope to find his mother's family. So you can see the conflict there. Right. She's trying to keep her family secret. Her and village. he has to map the whole country. Right. And oh it's not my. a big country, so he's going to find them. David is also particular because, or unique, I shouldn't say particular, because he's made out of, he has several prosthetics. Right. Uh, uh, eye and a leg and a hand. So he's kind of like all made out of prosthetic. Oh, Wow. And so the story is really interesting because there are two types of pe people. Well, maybe three types. There are people who are horrified by his appearance. Right. There are people who, um, like he talked about a, a woman who he believed had fallen in love with him, but really what he, she had fallen in love with was taking care of him. Huh. And then, you know, there are people like Annika who just view him as a normal person. And David is a very interesting character because he's not a dark and brooding character. Right. He's an optimist. He wants to look at, in the, uh, uh, look at the good in everyone. Right. But he recognizes that there are some people who aren't worth his time, obviously. Right. So it's just a really interesting story on looking at people's otherness and, and looking at them as an outsider trying to fit in. Um, it's really a beautiful story. Whenever I hear you tell stories about Mel Jean's book plots, I think to myself, that oh, Mel Jean, she just, she just throws it all in there and it works. Like she's sort I, of I fearless. Just a marvel. I mean, I, I've read everything she's ever written and this is nothing like she's ever written. And I don't think, I, I don't think these characters I mean, I don't think I've read a book like these two characters before. Our tastes sort of line up, but only a little bit. Right. Like, we overlap a very little bit in taste, and otherwise we like totally opposite things that have nothing to do with each other. And so it's it's always cool to me when our tastes line up successfully because it, it happens so rarely. Well, I mean, I, I know that um, paranormal is not your thing, and I don't think I would recommend the Kira Brady book to you. No. I mean, it's interesting, but I, I don't, I just don't know. Um, I, but I would recommend Riveted to you. I did. I, I think I sent it to you. Did I not? I don't no? think so. I don't well, think I have it. it. Send it to you. Please do. I would love it. it it's just, um, it's just a really beautiful love story. So what about you, August? I am really having a good time watching people by pushing the limits and then saying, you know, the hype was totally right. Well, why don't you tell me about how you feel? Because I know that it was a book that you had put off reading. I was dreading it. I was afraid it was going to hurt. And what I find so admirable about the book is that it does deal with really painful, horrible, haunting things having happened to these characters. And their emotions are terribly real. But it's so well balanced with the hope that they find in each other and the joy that they have in having this relationship and having someone who really understands how much their life really does suck that because of that balance, it's, it, was, it was easier for me to continue. I had somebody email me and say, well, you said that the stepmother was not so great. Is that just because she's a stock evil stepmother who's bad and evil just because? And I said, no, 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 no. She's not 
evil for the sake of being evil. She's clueless and she's young and she's kind of stupid. She's not evil for the sake of being evil. She is just clueless and ignorant. And this person said, okay, I'm totally on board now. Like every time you think that there's a stock element, it's not, it's so, it's just so well done. So I'm glad that people are reading it. I thought that the stepmother and, and to some extent Echo is um, a fairly unreliable narrator and so when you see the stepmother through Echo's eyes in the beginning, she really is kind of the caricatured evil stepmother. And then later on, as she begins to, as Echo begins to draw back and kind of look at the larger picture, she realizes what you said, and that's the stepmother is stupid. And, and, and that she's done things um, hurtful, not because... She, she intends to hurt and alienate Echo, but because she's very immature herself. Yes, and she's really, she is not, not old enough. She doesn't have the sense and experience to be a stepmother. She doesn't no. know how to do that. Right, she went, right, from nanny to stepmother. Right, those are not the same thing. You know, those are not the same, those are not the same job. So her inability is, is, is kind of amazing. The other thing that I'm really glad about is that this is one of those times when when the hype is worth it. And I love when that happens. You know, I like when everyone is saying, no, this really is good. And it and it's true. And that people who this is one of the, this is one of those occasions where everyone's who's who's reading taste lines up just a little bit. We're all overlapping. Right. I'll be interested to see what people who don't like it, why they don't like it, because I know there will be some people who don't enjoy it. I'll be curious as to why that is. But I, I'm just, I was just sort of fascinated by all the different reactions to how it, how it worked for different people in different ways. So that's all for this week's podcast. I hope you enjoyed our discussion. Have you read serial fiction? Have you tried some of these books released in pieces? What did you think? Email us and let us know at sbjpodcast at gmail.com. We're going to do a future episode answering reader mail. And if you'd like to tell us what you think about serialized fiction, uh, we'd really like to hear because I don't think it's something that's going to make us really excited. But if you think it's awesome, we'd love to know why. I have another message from our sponsor. If you're tantalized by Fifty Shades of Grey, you should try Megan Hart's Tales of Unbridled Desire. You can find Switch, Deeper, and Tempted at harlequinblog.com slash erotic romance. The music that you're listening to was provided by Sassy Outwater. This is Dragons by Caravan Palace. We've used this piece before, but I really like it. I'll have information on the entry about where you can find Caravan Palace music and more information about where you can buy this particular song. And finally, thank you for listening to the podcast. I have a lot of fun producing these, and I'm struggling to get better at the audio portion. But it seems like every week when we do a new one, I hear people talking to me on Twitter or emailing me to say how much they enjoy listening to our discussions and how much they love listening to us talk about romance novels for half an hour, 45 minutes. I love that you guys are discovering the podcast, and I love how much you enjoy them because it makes doing them so much more enjoyable for me. So I hope you're listening and enjoying and that you'll come join us the next time we have another podcast. And in the meantime, I wish you the very best of reading.